0: Hello and welcome to Footnotes the Cicerone Podcast, a podcast to inspire you about outdoor travel and activities in the UK and across the world. I'm Hannah and I hope you enjoy this episode. In this episode I'm talking to Nikke and Yacint, authors of a new guidebook to walking in Catalonia. So we're talking today about your most recent book to hiking in Catalonia. Do you want to tell us a little bit about that?
1: Right. Uh, this was well, This has been a very interesting project for us. We have been very fascinated with the area and we really wanted to do a nice guidebook for this place because it's very versatile and uh, the scenery is very changeable. So the Barcelona province itself is uh, can be visited throughout the whole year We've got five different areas uh, around Barcelona City, which is obviously very easy to access from anywhere around Europe and other places as well. All our areas included in the guidebook is a little bit different from each other. So depending on what the walker wants, it can be changed. Or if someone prefers to stay in one particular area because they like it better, they can spend a whole week of holidays there, for example. But uh, certainly it's it's an all season uh, walking destination and almost guaranteed that the person going there will find a place without snow. If they don't like snow walking, snowshoeing, things like like that, uh, they will find a place for themselves to have a nice hiking holiday with great food, of course.
0: (laughs) Of course. So the, the book is divided into graded routes. Isn't it? Which is a little bit different to a lot of Cicerone books. So, what do the grades mean?
2: Yes. So, we have uh, three different gradings in our books because we would like to give an idea to the walker which one to choose. So, there are some easy walks, what everyone can enjoy almost all year round. Those are shorter walks or very very easy terrain. There's a grade two, which is might be a bit small, uh, longer or or more difficult or there might be some route finding difficulties difficulties and grade three, which is probably longer walks or more difficult terrain, or there are some uh, route finding difficulties. Route finding difficulties in Catalonia can be because of the great number of trails. So some areas, for example, in the montsing, there are lots of tracks and some of them are not waymarked. But as you walk, you can see like lots of it and they're all crisscrossing the slopes. And so that can make it a bit more difficult to find your right route. But uh, the waymarking system is quite good. So most of the walks are trying to follow waymarked routes or at least partially. We also included free plus, but I think we only use it with one walk or two. That means a very, very easy scrambling section. We find the scrambling section in, in the Monsen by accident because we took the wrong turn. <laughs> and and uh, it became Yasin's favorite route <laughs> to reach...
1: Les Agudas. Les
2: Agudas, yeah.
1: So that's the second highest uh, mountain in the de la Homme, uh is the first one, and Les Agudas... Uh, is the second only a few meters lower than yeah. the highest one.
0: There's definitely something for everybody in the book.
2: Yes, I think so.
0: There's a selection of nice, easy walks, and then slightly more difficult, but nothing too challenging.
2: I think with the gradings, we have to tell the, the walkers that the, the routes are compared to each other, so they are not compared to walks in other countries or other areas. So... An easy walk in Catalonia, it only means easy walk in Catalonia and it doesn't mean it would be difficult in England or, or somewhere else. So, for example, walk to Turo de Muro is an easy walk in our book because it's relatively short and it's really easy to find a way lots of people walk it and the views are amazing (laughs) and you can do it in in the morning so you don't have to have the whole day a more challenging one for example in the panadez area uh, which was a surprise because uh, most of the walks are quite easy there but we came across with one very long walk i think it was 28 kilometers and it took us all day to walk it and the terrain wasn't difficult it was quite easy But it was just very long.
0: So what can people expect when they go walking in Catalonia? Because obviously people know Barcelona for lots of different things, but mainly the city tours. So what's the walking like? What's the, the scenery like and the terrain
2: so I think the good thing about Catalonia and here Barcelona that the scenery is very different uh, depending on where you go. So the mountains is very forested, very lush. You can see uh, running streams all year round and it's a lot cooler than the coast or Barcelona. So lots of people leave Barcelona as a day trip and they just go to the mountains when it's really, really hot in the summer. And then we have Montserrat with the rugged rock formations. And again, lots of people visit the area because of the monastery. But if you go a bit further, you can enjoy some amazing rock formations. And you don't have to be a rock climber. You can just walk and enjoy the scenery. We have St. Lawrence Natural Park, where you can enjoy views all the way to the montane and to Montserrat, and on a clear day, all the way to the Pyrenees. So the views are just amazing. It's less wooded than the montane. So you can see really far away if it's a clear day. And the Panadis and the Garraf, they are, again, very, very different. The Panadis is uh, famous from wine. So there are lots of vineyards. You can stop and buy some nice wine on the routes or one of the little villages. And the Vic area is, again, very different to the others. And Vic is a re- relatively bigger town in the area, so you can stay there. There's a lot to do. And the walks in that area, they are quite short compared to the others, but very scenic.
0: Are they all day walks or are there any overnight walks?
2: So in this book, the, all the walks are day walks.
1: But there is, however, the longest walk, which is 28 kilometers. So yeah. probably not everyone would want to do that 28 kilometer all at once. However, it's a big circular route. Yeah. It's a historical route. It is visiting free castles of the area you can shorten the walks if you want to so there is an option uh, there's lots of dirt tracks and path yeah. as well so there is an option to make it shorter for for someone who doesn't want to do all oh, 28 kilometers uh, to do on that day and just return on another day to visit the other areas
2: I think the rest of the walks are all under twenty kilometers, so I would call them day walks, yeah. And most of them are circular, so you can get back to your base on the same day.
0: (laughs) Yeah. Where would you recommend people stayed if they were going to do some walks on this book?
2: Well, depends which area they want to visit most, but uh, you can base yourself in kind of in between, and then have a day walk in the Monserrat one day and then a day walk in the Montserrat the other day. Or you can spend the entire week in one area and explore all the trails in that one area. So I would say for the Monserrat, there is Monserrat village itself and you can stay in Vic, San Saloni.
1: And probably I would say uh, Villa Drago. is a small town it's not the easiest to get around without public transport or with with public public transport so it is quite an advantage to have a hard car to get around there are buses and it is possible but to have a car makes it a lot easier to get to walks and from walks back to bases
2: especially in the Monsen because they have some really good car parks but Basically, in the middle of nowhere, so in, in the forest, and there are some buses from San, San Saloni and maybe Vic, but maybe you have a bus in the morning and then a bus in the afternoon. So you really have to plan your walks around that bus tab- bus timetable, if you want to use public transport.
1: And those buses are mainly from spring till late uh, autumn. So in the winter time, there might be less buses around. That's public transport in the mountains.
0: Okay. I was going to ask that, actually. When's when's the best time to go? You like it really, really hot, but for, for normal people.
2: <laughs> yeah, I was going to say for us, uh, anytime, because I don't mind being hot and sweaty, but for, for, for other people, mainly I think probably the spring months and autumn months are really nice as well. You get more rainy days uh, in the autumn and in the winter but summer can be good as well, if you don't mind the hot weather. And as we mentioned earlier, the monsoon is a lot cooler than the other areas. Because of the trees and the, and the mountains, it's always about eight degrees cooler than the coast. So it can be an option. You can get some really hot days there, but uh, you will see walkers all year round.
1: <laughs> At least you are... Definitely protected from the sun, especially the northern slopes of the montane range. On the southern slopes, you've got slightly different vegetation as well. It's more Mediterranean. You get all the home walks. And on the northern side, you get the nice beach forests. It makes it a lot cooler there. So unless you, you get a big heat wave, what we got last That's August sweet. there, it should be really, really nice there on a nice sunny day as well.
0: Are there any nice little places to swim if you're halfway along a walk and you get too hot? Is it a possibility?
1: I would say, uh, well, in the saint not really. Uh, but in the Vic area, there might be an option for that in the south reservoir, uh, which is very popular. I remember that there is a, an area where you can go in and swim. And also you can hire pedal boards, uh, kayaks, to get around on the reservoir. There's also a submerged, partially submerged church, because when that uh, valley got flooded, only the tower of the church is visible uh, from the walk. Nothing. uh...
2: Which walk is that? So you can see the reservoir on walk 13 and walk 15. Fifteen, but the the trail itself doesn't go too close to the reservoir. Though. So no, but you can you it can it easily would be see it. Trip. Yeah, you can see it. But so for swimming, I think the answer is not really because the rivers they're more like streams, so they are very small streams yeah. or rivers in the mountains, so it, they are not. Or swimming yeah okay you can probably walk in to cool down a little bit but not <laughs> not
0: swimming okay i wasn't sure if it would be like in the lake district in the uk where you've got the the lakes everywhere so you could have a little swim or is it just mountain trails
1: maybe one place in the Penades region walk 31 is the four river gorge or Foish river gorge depending on pronunciation we have seen uh small rock pools it would be possible to cool down there. I think locals definitely go there to do that in, in the height of summer.
0: What's the scenery like then?
1: So it's very changeable. So the Monseigne, uh area, uh, we already talked about it, so it's very forest, it's very different. The views are amazing from every single different area. The Vic area is the Giler savasona uh, Natural Park that you, you get lots of uh, wooded areas, lots of forest, and lots of high cliffs, vertical cliffs. Uh, it's just very stunning. Actually, on the, the front cover of the book, is, that is that area with those uh, cliffs, cliffs of tower that they are called. The San Lawrence Natural Park, another area, it's more drier. Um, the vegetation is, is lower. Lots of home oak trees. Montserrat, similar vegetation, but very rocky, huge rock formations. I think many people have seen pictures about the Montserrat Natural Park with its uh, wonderful monastery. It's very dramatic. It's really dramatic uh, views. And then the Panadis, it's relatively flat. However, there are some nice drops into gorges and lots of history, the vineyard, the castles. And then finally the Garraf. It's just by the course. So actually, <laughs> getting back to the swimming bit. <laughs> so when you're in the Garraf there would be a chance to go down to the sea, just uh, have a little deter. So Garraf is a different rock as well. So it's it's limestone. So you've got lots of caves and, and uh, cavities. Uh, so it kind of you need to take a lot of care. Most of the these are caves are uh, mugged. So you won't fall into them. <laughs> Many of them are just a hole on the ground, just among the vegetation. If you are not careful and you leave the path, you could easily fall into one of those. Uh, <laughs> so it's very important to just follow the trails, stick to the path. Yeah, um, yeah, that would be very uncomfortable going down one of those. Did
0: you did you go in any of the caves as part of your explorations? No,
2: there. Not on our last trip. Uh, there is a there is a cave, Kovasimanya, in the San Lorenzo Natural Park. It's a couple of years ago when we first did the trails, when we started the research, because we started the research many years ago. <laughs> Kovasimanya was free to go in, so everyone could just uh, wander in and uh, it was actually quite big, and you, it was could, like you could walk 400, around
1: 400 meters. You yeah. could go around and return. It's like a circular cave, pretty much.
2: Yeah. So with a torch, we could just walk around. But this um, last summer, when we were there, it was closed down for the public public because
1: there were some uh, historical excavations, archaeological ex- excavations.
2: So at the moment you can only go in with a with a guide like once or twice a week. So you have to organize that as a as a trip. So they've changed that. There's a trail from Corbato uh, to the uh, Montserrat monastery, and there are some caves in Corbato. Because of COVID last year, you had to rebook the the visit to the caves. So when we were actually there, we couldn't go in because we didn't have a booking. How annoying. Actually that trail, we just find it as a it was a surprise trail because that was on our last day and we just wanted to do a little walk, a short walk, maybe visit the caves. And uh, we find this amazing trail, and it's it made it into the book because we just liked it so much. And it was actually a, a better trail to reach the uh, monastery than the than the other one. Well, it's a different one; it's a very interesting one. But we didn't have time for the caves because because of the pre booking. So, how many walks are actually in the book? Thirty-two. We wanted to do more. But
1: yeah, we we had 38 uh, walks collected at the end, but we had to cut out a few of them. This was so, a yeah. very hard decision. So uh, 32 works. Yeah. officially, yes.
0: You must have walked so many more than that to get the knowledge that you've got for writing the book.
2: Yes, we did. We started the research maybe two years before the pandemic and then we had to stop. So many of the trails we had to revoke because like four years passed since we first walked the trails. And then as we went back, we found new trails and more interesting trails and different trails and, and we just couldn't stop. So, yeah. And of
1: course, we, we got a lot of support from the Catalan Tourist Board and uh, Itinerania uh, is coming up now. But from the Catalan Tourist Board, we got lots of extra information, suggestions. So they were extremely helpful.
2: Yeah, so they suggested some trails what we didn't think of before. So that was really good, especially in the Penades and the Garaf. So they highlighted some uh, trails for us to explore. And we are very grateful because there are some amazing trails there, what we didn't know about before. So
0: How popular is this sort of walking in Spain? For for the Spanish people, I mean.
1: The mountains are always full of locals, Catalans, Spanish. Actually, lots of French people as well coming through the border uh, for walks as well and holidays. Uh, Many of the families leaving the busy city life behind for the weekends and uh, spending those days in campsites uh, just after a little peaceful time, go out to the mountains, do their family walks, have a barbecue in the evening. Uh, So yeah, it, it can get quite busy, I have to say.
2: I think there are some popular trails where you can find people any time of the day and any time of the year. But there were some trails when we didn't see that many people. So I think you can find some quiet trails if you, if you don't want to be in the crowd, but uh, it is a bit tricky in the Montserrat, but we managed to do that. We had, (laughs) we find a walk where we didn't meet anyone else. So yeah, I think it's possible in, in each area to find a chair where you, where you don't see that many people, but there are some popular trails in each area where there are lots of them, especially at the weekends. So weekdays are always quieter. Yes. Okay. So if you, if you want to have less people in the mountains, you have to go in the during the, <laughs> during the week, not during the holidays. Oh
0: yeah. <laughs> Did you stumble across any fantastic festivals whilst you were there?
1: Yes. <laughs> that was actually uh, in the Panades area uh, in Villafranca. The town of Villafranca, the main town of the Panades area, they have this uh, annual event mm-hmm. when they create huge uh, human castles, huge towers on the on the main square, just in front of the the mayor's office. Basically, there's a competition between small teams. Usually, I think it used to be uh, different villages uh, competing for the the highest. Human tower, they could, <laughs> they could build. Um, usually, the kids, obviously, they are the, the lightest one. They are on the top of the tower. This, this was a very colorful event, and uh, we just bumped into this whole whole uh, celebration uh, by by accident. I
2: think, yeah, I think the good thing about that was that we just went into town because that was last end of last August. That was our last day. And uh, because of the COVID restrictions, we had to go to the airport to get our COVID test <laughs> because traveling back. So we couldn't walk on that day because we didn't have enough time. So we thought we might just go and see that town. And we, we just walked around the streets and there were lots of people. There were so many people everywhere. And... Um, it turned out because that they had this big festival, and, and so we got to see it, and it was really
0: good.
1: Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But we did that. Yeah.
0: You're so small, Nikkei. Did anyone try and pick you up and throw you onto the top? <laughs> no, they didn't
2: because I think I was lucky because of the restrictions. <laughs> uh, the whole <laughs> the area where they were building the human towers it was fenced off so we couldn't get too close to the towers and uh, but I had to stand on on a
0: on a bench otherwise I couldn't see anything <laughs> I, I bet if they'd seen you coming they would have been like we're having her go on the top
2: imagine that
1: yeah that would have been funny
0: <laughs> maybe we go back <laughs> and I volunteer. you Ooh,
1: bring your helmet <laughs>
0: And did, you, did anything else happen whilst you were out there that was funny or unusual? Or...
2: I think the most eventful day was in the, in the San Lawrence Natural Park. One morning we were driving on the on the quiet roads and uh, <laughs> we have an orange camper van so it's <laughs> it's quite bright. Everyone everyone can see it from miles away.
1: Even from the moon.
2: And um, there were no other cars. It was wasn't very early, but it was early in the morning, around nine o'clock, and we were stopped by the police, <laughs> and um, and they checked our pa- well, they checked our passports and papers. But the main reason they stopped us because they wanted to see our van, <laughs> and there were no other cars to stop, so they bro- they were probably quite bored. And on the very same day. We climbed uh, Montcal which is uh,
1: is the second highest in the, highest highest the yeah, yeah.
2: And it was during the week, so there weren't many uh, other walkers. But on the top, we met a couple and uh, the man, he was quite funny and he was just telling us lots of stories. And he was so happy to see us that he 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 got a small uh, bottle of Carver out of his bag and he wanted to share it with us. And we told him, oh. and we told him. that was a, so you have to know that Monco is like, it can be reached really easily from the first car, from one of the car parks. So it's basically a short walk. And I think they were coming from that car park. Mm-hmm. They were heading somewhere else, but I was thinking if they're going to uh, open a bottle of carva on each here, <laughs> then they're going to be really drunk by the end. But <laughs> I told him that we didn't want any. It was, I think it was around 12 o'clock. And we were all already stopped by the police once on that day, so we thought maybe, maybe it wasn't the best idea, so we didn't drink with them but we, but we took some photos of for for them, so they were happy.
0: No wonder you enjoy hiking in Barcelona so much.
2: <laughs> we didn't drink the car. Well. No. <laughs>
0: Sounds nice.
2: And Yatsin kept telling the man that I could drink with him because I wasn't driving. And I was like, no, thank you.
0: It was too
1: early. It was too early. early. She was still after coffee (laughs) rather than kawa.
0: Are there still people living in the monastery at Montserrat? Yes. 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 Yes.
1: So uh, the monks are still there. Around
0: 70, I think.
1: But I don't know, it's not very peaceful for them because the <laughs> amount of tourists <laughs> visiting the monastery is just huge. Of course during the pandemic years the less. numbers have dropped. But I'm pretty sure by now it's back to normal levels. It's it's extremely busy.
2: Yeah, so I think last August there were less people there definitely because we've been there previously and there were always lots of people,
0: but last year there were a lot less. Well I suppose it's it the beauty of this This region is that you can fly into barcelona for really really cheap yes yes it's probably quite a a nice quick weekend of sunny sunny walking in the mountains it sounds pretty perfect yes
1: absolutely and and of course you've got city city of girona as well but there's an airport there as well so that's the second option and of course trains are really good in spain and in catalonia so it's easy to to get from one point to the other, especially along the coastline. But to get to Montserrat, you've got a very fast train as well, coming out from uh, uh, the biggest um, uh, railway station in Barcelona as well. And, for example, getting to Vic, another uh, bigger town, that's a quick way to get to as well, my train, as well as driving. It's not, it's not, not bad at all.
2: We mentioned it before that some of the trails uh, might be a bit too difficult to reach by public transport, but um, hiring a car is not very expensive. Cool. There well, wasn't in the past few years, so it could be still a cheap option if you hire a car for a few days just to explore the area because it's, it's a lot faster and you have more time for walks.
1: And accommodation-wise, uh, although we were using campsites mainly, I know that not everyone is into camping that much. But to be honest, many of the campsites, they do little cottages, mobile homes, so like a one-bedroom apartment kind of things. And they're pretty good, actually. We stayed in one of those as well. It's it's, it's worth a go, if, especially in, in a busier time of the year where most of the accommodations are overbooked in the towns. It's worth having a look in one of these campsites as well for one of these, uh, uh, bungalows, cottages, apartments. I'm not sure how to call them. Uh, they're different sizes as well. Additionally, the rural, uh, accommodations, Casa Rurals, uh, they are very popular and you get to see and get to stay, of course, in a quieter area, uh, explore. The area apart from the Costa Brava, where most people go, go to. So we wanted to, with this book, we try to draw people away from the Costa Brava a little bit inland to discover the real Catalonia. And uh, staying in one of these rurales I think it's uh, it's a really good idea as well.
0: What was your favorite bit overall? Then
1: personally, I <laughs> you know the answer to this, Hannah <laughs> I enjoyed every single moment of this uh, project, but I do have my favorite area. Is the Monsen. I can't explain why, but I felt very, very relaxed there. And there less people in the Monsign generally, I think. Or at least when we were there. Every single area has something to, to give, which which I love. That's why I can't really decide or... Or, or choose any about area which is my favorite. I don't know about Nikki.
2: Yeah, I really like the Montsen, but also the Montserrat because it's so unique with all those rock formations. But I think my favorite walk—it's always a surprising one. So the ones I, one I mentioned from Portbail because we didn't plan that walk. We just, we just find it, and I think it's just—it's always mm. very different when you just find a walk, and and it's so. Uh, interesting or different than the others that you end up including it in the book.
1: Yeah, surprise walks. So are always surprise good.
2: walks are always really good.
1: We had that in Cyprus as well. <laughs>
2: yeah,
0: and yeah, but I couldn't, I couldn't uh, choose one. No, I always have to ask. I know you're never going to like it, but I always have to ask what your favorite is. But there's a really nice picture. I think it's Walk Two. There's a really nice picture of Unike sitting on a rock, looking at the view. And that just, oh, it just—it makes me want to be there. It looks so nice. Yeah, I, I, I remember
2: when we took that
0: photo. I spent quite some time sitting
2: there and see that's walk too. So that's that's an e- uh, easy walk, but you get some, get views like that. So that's why we love it. Yeah, <laughs> it's yeah. yeah. Now my
1: favorite walk is is walk number five. To Les Agudes with a little scramble, or optional scramble, you can avoid it uh, if you she want take to. The right but <laughs> but uh, that became one of my very favorites, definitely.
2: I think also because that was one of the first walks we did many years ago when we first visited the Saint. Yeah. So I think the first walks are always a bit more special than the others because that's how you get to know the area. And the last walks as well, because by that time, you know the area quite well. I think we have to mention the St. Lawrence Natural Park, because many of the from many of the walks, you can enjoy walks towards the Montserrat and to the Montserrat as well. And I think it's just a really good place to walk.
0: Yeah, I, th- I feel like I've been on a bit of a journey with you for this book because I remember mm. trying to get you to talk to people that I knew from the Catalonia Tourist Board and, and feeling quite uh, excited about this book and, and that was ages ago so getting it actually written and printed and, and landing is it's really exciting Yes, I think you are definitely part of this book, so yes <laughs> Without having done a single walk or taken a single photograph I'm going to take... Well, that. I hope you will you will try some of the walks <laughs> yeah i really i do really want to i've got family in barcelona and i have been i've been on a couple of walks in the monsen but it's yeah with four small children it's not really been a priority but as the kids get older hopefully do a bit more exploring
2: we 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 saw lots of kids on on the trails, so I think it's definitely some of some of them are definitely suitable for kids. Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Kids are really resilient as well. I mean, they they go for it. <laughs> they see a mountain, they run up.
0: Yeah, true, true. So when is the guidebook publishing?
1: So the book is coming out in uh, November, mid-November, I think, or beginning of November. We're really looking forward to it and to hold it in our hands. It is always very special when the first copy arrives and we get to live through the pages. Cannot wait.
0: I kind of hope that this podcast really expresses to people how much work and how much passion goes into these books. Because it you know, it'll arrive and it's a it's a smallish book and you think thirty two walks, but it's it is years worth of love and, and walking and exploring and getting lost and going the wrong way and, you know, <laughs> so much that goes into them.
2: I mean, it would have been ready uh, years <laughs> ago, but <laughs> we had to stop the research for, uh, yeah, for, the for, for more proposed, than a year, but... I think. I can't remember now when we started, but, yeah, yeah. So that's why we know the monsoon really well, because we went back, I don't know how many times, <laughs> to revoke the walks. Uh, just to make sure that they were still there, as we
0: remembered. <laughs> thank you for, for talking to me about Catalonia. I'm excited for people to get out there and, and explore this area and hopefully they'll let us know what they think.
1: No, thank, thank you very you. much.
0: All right, take care both of you and I, I will speak to you soon. Yeah, thank take you. care, Hannah. Bye. Thank you.
1: Bye-bye.
0: I hope you enjoyed the latest episode of Footnotes, the Cicero podcast. I'd love to know what you think or if there's anything you'd like us to cover in future episodes, please email live at cicerone.co.uk or leave a review on your podcast platform. You can follow or subscribe to the podcast to make sure you don't miss new episodes, or you can sign up to our newsletter for all our latest news, events and guidebooks. Visit cicerone.co.uk for further details. We'll be back in a couple of weeks. In the meantime, come and find us on our social channels. We're on all the main ones as at Cicerone Press. And we also have a Facebook group, Cicerone Connect, where you can meet and chat to other outdoor enthusiasts. Thanks so much for listening. We'll see you soon.